Cinemodities, Late Night Movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And I'm back this week after Zach discussed Disney last time. I think as Zach put it in that episode, I was off making sure the Cinemodities restaurant was running smoothly. Someone has to be in the field, Zach. Um, it was a combination of that, and I also have to say, for full disclosure, Zach, I am back on the worst drug to ever come into my life, video games. Well, we knew that was going to happen. That's like, like <laughs> that's not even a bum, bum, bum. It's like a bum, bum, bum? <laughs> yes, my... Uh, my uh, eventual relapse happened. Um, I'm going to go sober again once I beat Kingdom Hearts 3. And then my next relapse is planned for June. So get ready, everybody. <laughs> Does that mean we get to play more Friday the 13th? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how, how much of a glutton for punishment I am with video games. Because I, I think I need, you know, only 8 million more games to get one more trophy in Friday the 13th. <laughs> Uh-oh. But yes, so with Rob being back, Zach and I are jumping into a new series for February this month, and I believe it is just the music video series? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, I'd like to think so. Okay, so uh, basically the way this was pitched, Zach, you know, in his, he knows I love music, he loves music, he came to me one day and said, Rob, how can we talk about more Animal Collective? And he didn't want to revisit Oddsack or Tangerine Reef just yet, so that started the music video series. And of course, in our kickoff, we will be talking about, I believe, seven different Animal Collective videos. Are you excited that I obliged you, Zach? I am uh, so excited I might just bust. All right, all right. Um, maybe next week we'll do some more Animal Collective and some more in the following week, but we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, if Zach can keep up or if I can keep up with Zach and his insatiable thirst for Animal Collective now that I've turned him onto it. <laughs> I have a feeling I'll never be able to escape Animal Collective. I feel like <laughs> I just, every time music comes up on this podcast, it's always like, Animal Collective? Animal Collective? <laughs> it's always looming in the background, yes. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, I guess before we jump into Animal Collective, um, you know, like I said, we're talking about seven of their videos. Uh, it's not going to be seven every week. I think we have a different smattering of amounts of and different styles of music for each of the episodes in this series. Uh, how do we want to approach this, Zach? We want to go sequentially? We want to take them kind of one at a time and then talk about cinemodities all at the end? What do you think? What were your thoughts? Uh, obviously, I think everybody knows at this point that this isn't exactly my uh, favorite type of music. But I think <laughs> we should take... I, I have them in the order Rob gave them to me. I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably the best way to break them down video by video. Okay. Because I have some questions about the genre that Animal Collective kind of inhabits, or the uh, uh, hermit crab like shells that keeps they go around to from one, sure. from one to the other. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I think we should break these down video by video. I have an order I watch them in, but I'm not sure if that if I watch them in the order Rob put them in our shared like Excel file. I'm not sure if that's the, the order I was supposed to watch them in, but that's how I, I created the YouTube playlist. And I've watched it twice, so not Ooh, as many okay. times as Rob would prefer me to watch them, but 
But hey, you can only take you can only take so much time out of Spirited Away, you know. So. Yes. And well, how many? Okay, what else am I watching all the time? I'm watching Spirited Away all the time. Uh, probably Odd Sack. Yes, Odd Sack. I have to watch. Yep, and there, there's probably another one in there. Sophia yeah. the First. You got to catch up with me. Uh, Minimus Maximus. <laughs> Do we want to break down uh, Monkey Riches first? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, so I when I ended up watching them for this recording, I did them in uh, chronological order, but I don't. I'm not really tied to uh, one order. So let's do it with the uh, way you watched it. That works for me. And just as Zach said, we're talking about Monkey Riches, and this is off of their album Centipede Hurts. <laughs> Uh, I know Zach knows that one, right? <laughs> oh, it's my favorite of the lot. <laughs> All right. So, talking about monkey riches, uh, I think the best way to put this is that this video is about rope, for the most part. <laughs> we, get a, we get a lot of rope. I feel, like, that's, I feel like, <laughs> like a tad understatement. You're tad, just a smidge understating it. <laughs> More rope than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> oh, definitely. All right. So... Uh, this song, uh, it's been one of my favorite Animal Collective songs ever since it came out. I think back in 2012, Centipede Hurts came out. Uh, this was uh, kind of the front runner of when I heard it. And then when they dropped the music video and I watched it for the first time, I was kind of like, this is a great song, but I'm not really sure how it fits with rope. <laughs> so I guess um, I do know a little bit more about this song from interviews with Animal Collective. I, I have a a hard time kind of matching up what they've said with the music video. But would you like me to talk about that now or maybe after you've given me some of your impressions? What do you think? Uh, no, br break it down a little bit for our audience because I don't think most people who are listening to this are familiar. This is not uh, Gremlins 2 or something that most people have a firm grasp on. So I think you should break down as best as you can Okay. what happens <laughs> during this. All right, so I guess at the start of the music video, our stage is set with an old man with two servants, seemingly, like a male and a female servant, younger people. The old man is laying in bed, and they establish that he can, you know, make, make rope dance, like a snake charmer. Apparently he can wave his cane in his hands, and he can make strands of rope, you know, wiggle around, and it entertains his female servant. The male servant is treated a little more um, worse. He isn't really entertained by the rope. He's much more kind of a, a source of entertainment for the old man. Uh, I take it that the male servant is unhappy with this, and he goes out to the well that kind of, you know, I guess has the old man's powers in it to some extent, and starts to mess with it. And the old man gets weaker. Some crazy imagery happens with the well, I guess I didn't mention there's possibly a baby in this music video, but we never get to see it. <laughs> that's something I'm not too clear on what that's supposed to represent. But anyway, in the the man male servant um, trying to you know maybe cause harm to the old man, he falls into the well, and it's just rope world. It's just that's the best way I can put it. There's rope everywhere, and he kind of gets caught in the rope. Simultaneously, the female servant. Uh, sees that the old man gets replaced by a rope skeleton. That's also the best way I can describe it. Um, 
and then gets attacked by a rope monster who takes the possible baby and in quite possibly the best moment of this music video, he punts the baby. <laughs> like straight up, you know, like drops it and kicks it like a, like a football punt. The man gets captured by the rope. The, the rope monster takes the female servant into the well and the music video ends with the man and woman trying to struggle to escape the rope jungle. What do you think? Did I leave out anything that stood out to you, Zach? <laughs> did, I stress, did I stress that there's rope in this? <laughs> oh boy, folks, there's so much rope in this. Uh, this was definitely my favorite because there was a ton of imagination on display. Yes. And, uh, and obviously I think this is the most slickly produced yeah, I have to, I have to agree. And I, that's the part that resonated with me. Uh, spoiler alert, this is not my cup of tea when it comes to music. As we've kind of made it a running joke here, my taste of music is something that uh, most people 10 years ago or 10 years younger than me would be embarrassed to listen to, <laughs> which will be its whole episode next week. But I, I, again, the music didn't resonate with me with this, but I love the visuals. The visuals were just so great. Like it was it, oddly hypnotic. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, it stood out to me in this music video, the actual rope monster. It, I think it looks really cool. The rope charming, as Rob described yeah. it, is, is it's neat. It's like I really I don't think I can do this justice by explaining it, but it's there's a lot of imagination effort here. And even when like, I look at like the view count, what it has on YouTube, it, it deserves a lot better. The highlights of this definitely are like the the rope creatures. Not I'm not talking about the little ones that are like dancing outside the window. More along the lines of again, like Rob says that our our sage. I don't know what our name like I, I, the the old sage that's able to yeah. do all this. He's like when he does transform. Like you know, at one point we get the um the head, the rope head that has like like a a shawl on and yep. it's like just like doing three sixties around in front of the camera. And then, like, just, again, the marionette aspect of him sitting in the bed when he becomes kind of like the, oh, God, I, I, what do you want to call it? Like, the, the skeleton, like the, not skeleton, like the rope skeleton, his head just kind of, like, bobbing there with, like, a marionette effect. A marionette yeah, effect. It's, it's, it's like he's still alive to some extent, yep. Oh, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's a very macabre visual, which, after Monstobra, I think everybody knows, is right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Because I was looking online for this, and it seems like a lot. Again, I do not know the uh, animal collective fan base in the pol- in the the pulse of it. Like where thing what what are more popular than others? Mm-hmm. But it seems like from what I was able to read on like Reddit, a lot of animal collective fans don't like this video or don't like the oh, song. Okay, is that true, Rob? Or um, that's something I've I've never really heard. But um, you know, it's kind of I think animal collective fans. Um, fall into a similar category as maybe, you know, maybe this could be fleshed out in a greater greater detail in a different conversation, but it makes me think of, like, um, uh, you know, Star Wars fans, like the people who are like, the only thing that's good is the original trilogy, everything else is crap, where there's the people who kind of came into Animal Collective in the newer series, and they're like, oh, this is really good, but the old stuff is bad. I think there's a disjointedness in Animal Collective fans where some of them really like the old stuff and they don't like the new stuff and the reverse of that. And I think that's where the divide comes in. Um, I haven't, I've never really heard large outcry against this song. Um, but I mean, Centipede Hurts did follow up Meriwether Post Pavilion, if you don't count Odd Sack, 
because that was a visual album. And Meriwether Post Pavilion is what everybody says is the greatest Animal Collective album. But I believe when they say greatest, they mean most accessible. So when you went from something like My Girls, which is another video we're going to talk about, which is definitely the most popular Animal Collective song ever, uh, to back to an experimental thing like this, it it disheartened some people. Because that was one thing, like, I was looking up Animal, like, doing my research on Animal Collective after uh, 15 episodes we've done on them so far. I figured, <laughs> I figured ever since the Tangerine Reef episode, I can't just catatonically sit there and be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. I had to put a little effort into this, because clearly Rob's not going to let this uh, disappear. Uh, but, like, I was looking at, though, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but... Like the genre of of Animal Collective, I know like on Wikipedia like they're listed under like six or seven different genres of music. Because mm-hmm. like one of them's like, oh, they, they are they are a pop band, and I'm like, no, like pop, <laughs> yeah, pop music's in a transition point right now. Like we're again, I'll get more into this next week, but pop music isn't what I think most people think pop music is anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is I, I don't know. Like Rob said, Animal Collective's been around for what 15 plus years now, like mm-hmm. in, in a formal sense. And I, I don't like, I, cause I was trying to figure out why I was, why I guess that was kind of like the, um, my thought process while watching all these were trying to at least have like a idea, a through line. It's like, Oh, what would I call this music? And I'm listening to this and I'm like, this is like the visuals of this one of, of monkey riches is definitely not pop. It's, it's like, it's a very, uh, the antithesis to pop, having rope monsters and all this <laughs> stuff. That's 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 not something you're going to see on the gym when you're working out and they're playing a uh, BB Rexa music in Bruno Mars. <laughs> you ain't seeing that on a Total Request Live. <laughs> that would be so funny. Someone on the treadmill and they see this on TV. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I'd love it. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, but yeah, no, this was definitely. Uh, Monkey Riches definitely resonated with me. I think in a weird way, I don't know, because it's it's my definitely it's the most visually interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll get to another song that I think is just as visually or not a song, a music video that's just as visually interesting. But no, I, I definitely I, there is a thing with a uh, I've noticed with mu- like bands when it comes to music videos where the uh, imagination put into it definitely ebbs and flows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think that you hit the nail on the head with why. Um, I don't always gravitate towards music videos. Like I'm, I'm not someone who really like waits to see for a music video to release. I, I much prefer the visual albums where a whole chunk of music is dedicated to, or visuals are dedicated to that chunk of music. Music videos, I'm always kind of hit or miss with because you know they're just picking one song out of that complete work, and I'm still very much someone who believes in the idea of a full album. And so you know, it's like. I listen to the album, I listen to the song, I get a sense of what I think it's about, how I think it fits in the rest of that work, and then they give me a music video that kind of just, you know, doesn't fit with that, and while, yeah, I enjoy trying to, you know, understand what it means or what they're going for, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, no, I'm going to enjoy it for my particular reasons. Yeah, I I can, uh, again, I think it should be reiterated, this is the odd couple episode, like, odd couple (laughs) series. Rob and I's musical taste could not be more polar opposites from each other. (laughs) Rob's like, oh, I prefer visual albums. And I'm like, you release a new music video as a promotional push to sell more downloads or (laughs) to sell more copies of the album back in the good old days. It's like visual album. I'm like, I don't remember that when Backstreet Boys were releasing CDs. (laughs) Oh, man. So so I definitely, um, not actively, 
disagree with Rob, but kind of like, just because I don't know any better, it's like, oh, I'm just more accustomed to having random music videos that just kind of are a one-off, not really much of a connective theme. Sure, sure. Okay. So anything else about Monkey Riches, Rob? Uh, I guess I would want to ask you, um, uh, I, I, I know you said you watched it twice and the visuals stuck out to you more. I'm sure you didn't do like a deep inspection of the lyrics or anything like that. But would you have any any uh, maybe guess or idea of what you think this song is about? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they could have sung it in a different language and I might have grasped it a little bit better. <laughs> so like I mentioned before, um, I've, I've done some research into the song and heard Animal Collective talk about it. And I, I don't get how it fits in with the rope at all, especially with the story, the kind of story we get with the rope. Um, but the song is called Monkey Riches, and I guess the the chorus of the song, or one of the lines in the chorus, um, is they say the line, I make a monkey rich, and they say that over and over. And the song was written originally about agents and like people who get you gigs and get you uh you know record deals and stuff like that that it's kind of from the perspective of an agent you know and their trained monkey like they're just Mm. making this trained monkey go out and do things making them rich and making themselves rich in turn so i i like that i I like that idea about this song because you know there's some great lyrics uh great lines in this song where people are, where he says something like, I don't even know how I wrote this song. Like, I don't know why I'm singing about this thing. It's like everything is just kind of a trickle down effect of the manager or the agent. And I, I've always liked that. That's a really you know neat idea for a song, especially a song from a band I, I really appreciate. How that fits in with rope and monsters, no idea. <laughs> well, I could see the rope thing. Being like you have this old, maybe sage isn't the correct term, but you have this kind of like old man. He's got Mm -hmm. these two young kids working for him. And the fact that like maybe the idea that like ropes bind them in the sense of like ropes, like they're being controlled by ropes. Again, folks, I'm making this up off the top of my head. Sure. And and maybe that's the idea is that you have this idea just like ropes, just rope. Think about ropes keep everything tight. Mm -hmm. So you pull off this, this, um, the surface of the old man and it just ropes underneath and that's just what they are. They're just inherently things that control people and tighten. I don't know. Like maybe oh, okay. I think we don't have any imagery of this as someone being hung with the ropes. I'm surprised. Yeah. That the final thing is watching the rope man be hung by his own ropes. I figure that's the lowest hanging fruit you could have done with a concept like this. And I'm glad <laughs> they didn't, but that's only thing I can think of the fact that maybe given the context you just provided that the idea that it's, um, Monkey riches, the fact that you have this old man, probably a record label or the system, controlling you through ropes. Yeah, there's a, I like there's that. There's a marionette aspect to it. Because, again, even like when we see the guy when he falls down the well, um, one of the rope, the more digital rope creature, like what, smacks him across the face? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what it is. It's, it's the idea of it's, it's a mix. Of, it's a, a blend of themes. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, with that being said, that makes some sense, or at least, you know, we can rationalize it to make sense, uh, that it's kind of like, you know, the old man at the start, he just seems like a nice and goofy person, but when the, the young man tries to rebel, he basically becomes this rope monster that keeps him bogged down. Mm-hmm. And 
and punts their baby away. And maybe the baby <laughs> is like uh, their solo project or something like that. And the manager's like, no, don't do that. Keep making this money, that type of thing. So, yeah, I, I think that fits. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, contempt for authority. Yeah, yeah. Right on, right on. Look at that. We figured it out. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Out of these, there's only three videos I really kind of dug into. So uh, thir- <laughs> that's one off the list, and there's only six more to go. Oh, right. I think the next one is, uh, is going to be fairly quick because we're going in the order I gave them to Zach. Next, we are moving to the music video for Golden Gal off of Animal Collective's, uh, I guess, no longer their most recent album, um, but their one from 2016, I believe, Painting With. Is this about your heads at? No, Blanche. She's upset because they keep changing the taste of coke. <laughs> So, I will say right off the bat, Zach, I chose this one because it is, while it's a great song, and I do enjoy the Golden Girl samples that we get in it, this has got to be one of the worst music videos I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is literally the same thing for the entire song. Like, the only variation is in the color palette, and they only have, like, five different colors to work with. It is not enjoyable. What did you think about Golden Gal's video? Uh, this was one that I really didn't... Like Rob said, it's very just face value. There's nothing to dig into. There's no imagery. There's nothing special. It's just... It's animation that someone could probably do in about, I don't know, a weekend? Weekend yeah. worth of work? Yeah, and I don't even think it's... um, It's not really original animation. It's stuff I've seen before. And, you know, some of the, the eyes and characters, they make me think of, like... um. Steamboat Willie, like old Disney cartoons where like buildings there, like the door of a building is a mouth with teeth and, you know, and then it just repeats over and over and over. Yeah. It's like, um, oh God, what's that new thing? Like cup, cup heads, like that, like that. I don't know if it's a mobile yeah, game. Cuphead. Or... Yeah. That is yeah. exactly, exactly right. That same art style. Yeah. It's that sort of aesthetic. Um, it's popular with the kids these days. So if you make a video like this and like somebody's watching it and somebody like peer, like peeks over someone's shoulder, They'll just be engaged because it's popular. It's 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 a popular aesthetic. There's nothing against that. Low hanging fruit. And I don't blame oh, them yeah. for doing that. Okay, yeah, that's a. I, I guess I didn't really think about it in that way. Um, I've always kind of been baffled that they made a music video for this song. Like thinking of the other songs that are on painting with one of them being Floridada, which we're going to talk about here. But you know things like recycling. And things like Vertical, where there's actually really good imagery in the song. And they didn't really kind of extend that into a music video. It's always baffled me from, you know, their point of view or or their record label's point of view, you know, that this one was pushed for a music video. But, but maybe, like Zach said, it could be they were just trying to ride that wave of something, a popular art style or a popular visualization. And... Maybe they didn't have any other ideas for this song. Or maybe they couldn't use Golden Girls footage for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess, like, okay, this is not really uh, specific to Animal Collective and Golden Gal. But considering you're the one with more of an understanding of the music industry, like, what is the thought process that goes behind making something a single worthy of a music video? So I'm, I'm not too sure about the music video aspect. I've kind of... 
I've kind of heard both ends where it'll be like the band has an idea for a music video and they really want to see it through that supports the song they're releasing. But I've also heard it from the perspective of the label or, you know, the agent or whoever's making those decisions of, you know, they have a director or an animator or anything, cinematographer, that has an idea that they want to work with, so they will pair them with a band. And that happens a lot, um, you know, for, like, Virgin Records and the big record labels, where it's like, oh, hey, we have all these popular bands on our docket, we have all these directors we've worked with before, let's just put them in meetings and see what clicks. All right, because I, I, we'll get to this next week with um, what, what I get, my my type of music. Because I'm always fascinated by because I know, like, when it comes, again, Animal Collective is its own beast. But, like, when it comes to more pop music and top 40, because I know, like, that's when you're, when you're, will be the correct uh, word, recording an album, mm-hmm. they know ahead of time what's going to be the singles. They know, like, yeah. okay, these three, four tracks. Maybe if you're like really lucky with like a what was it Katy Perry Teenage Dream like you get like six or seven singles out of one album like mm-hmm. you know, I know it's funny because I remember that album's always been one of my uh, favorites for so many wrong reasons because like oh you can just tell they're running out of idea or like <laughs> man I really, this isn't really single worthy but here goes nothing it's popular so I just I've been always just interested as to what like again like Katy Perry Britney Spears Ariana Grande I get why. Or I get that the 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 machine the machine's thinking as to what each one of these is. Sure. But like when it comes to like, I guess anything other than like a super duper headliner, the process is just different because I don't know. It's, I've always just been tickled by that because I listen to some songs off certain albums and I'll be like, oh, this like this is clearly I can just tell this is a a crowd favorite, mm-hmm. and yet that won't get a single treatment. Yet something else will, and it'll just fizzle. Yeah, yeah, I've always noticed that same thing, and uh, yeah, I don't know as much about it as I probably should. Okay, like I said, just it's probably uh, an industry secret or a trade secret. It's, or maybe there is no secret. It's just kind of like the 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 studio, not studio, uh, label politics, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Someone has an idea, just figures, oh, the kids are. There's some executive um, with a big cigar just chomping like the kids love this. <laughs> Kids love bland animation with different colors. Repetition. (laughs) (laughs) I like to imagine there's a record label executive in the background, just like a giant, like gold plaque with the word that's like, oh my lord, like thirty feet long that says repetition. Yeah, I'm imagining that same guy where he's getting pitched the idea for this music video, and he's like, "You mean we can just take?" three different three-second animations, change the color a little bit, and play it on loop and call it a music video? Done. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> save us so much money. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like and that. That's exa- yeah, that's exactly what this one was, man. It is. So I, I guess since you said, Zach, you've watched all of these twice, this is probably the only one on the list of what we're discussing today that we've watched the same amount of times. (laughs) I think I watched this when it came out and I watched it again for this recording and I have no desire. I'll listen to the song. I'll listen to the album on repeat, but no, not this music video. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of it is too nowadays where it's not just like, like, we, we live in a weird era, not weird. I guess it's a new era of music where it's just be like, again, you think of like, MTV during the 80s, mm-hmm. somewhat in the 90s with like uh, TRL, and then the 2000s. I, I, it's, I always wonder, like in the mid, like, in the, like I guess mid 2000s, 
Were there music videos in the mid two thousands? Because at that point, MTV <laughs> stopped playing music videos. Like really, like full stop. Like TRL is gone. YouTube is just barely getting started. I remember, like, I have a very like vague memory that, like, in two thousand five, I wanted to hear. Um, I remember, like, in school, people were talking about the Black Eyed Peas song by Humps. And I'm okay. like, oh, I want to see this music video. And this is 2005, so YouTube isn't really there yet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where do I go for this? I remember going to, like, Yahoo Music. <laughs> oh, man. And I've always been, I'm like, and I thought about that, and I'm like, like, in the mid-2000s, how do we listen to music other than, like, I'm sorry, how do we access music videos, period? I guess you can go to a nightclub, maybe. Like, you went to the <laughs> dance club, maybe. But it's like... If you were just some guy or some person that just wanted to see a music video, it was, I don't want to say inaccessible, but like it wasn't readily accessible. Like I know in later years you have things like what, like the iPod video where you could like buy it for like $2. Um, Then YouTube needs no introduction. But like for, but like, I guess my point was I'm trying to say though, is that nowadays where like, um, record labels no longer fight people putting up like music, like their like, mm-hmm. users putting up it. So let's just, oh, people are going to use this to listen to our music. Let's just put something up other than just like uh, a shot of the the album cover with like the track listing. Yeah, I guess, it, I guess yeah. it's a little bit more engaging than that. And you pay some intern that's like good with like, oh god, Adobe Effects. Like, I don't know, you don't have to pay them, it's an intern. And you just get, you assign them to do that over, like, a week. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just what it is. It's just... Yeah, yeah, it could be. It's, it's that's like a, a weird form of, like, how we listen to music. Like, another way how, like, listening to music has transitioned in the last decade. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point you bring up. Because thinking of myself, like, where was I watching music videos when I was younger, you know, mid-2000s? Um, I, like you said, you know, I wasn't seeking them out anywhere, really. For some reason, I have the memory, I think it came up on the Freaked episode, that I used to watch TV in the morning waiting to, you know, go to school with my mother, and I'd watch, you know, HBO. I have some memories of watching music videos very early in the morning on VH1 in the mid-2000s. Oh, okay. Because, you know, that was around the time when, um, what's that? Oh, is it, I think it's James Blake, You're Beautiful. Oh, like, that, yeah. that video came out. I remember Talk by Coldplay. That video came out. Hey, you want to talk about repetition? That's another great example. <laughs> um, you can take a picture of something you see. There was a My Chemical Romance video I remember seeing. The Daniel... Oh, God, Daniel, whatever his last name, but you had a bad day, oh. you had a bad day, you woke up and it was bad, it was a bad day, <laughs> like that video. Yeah. So yeah. so I remember seeing him, but I think only at like five in the morning on VH1. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Cause I remember, um, again, not to get to stray too far from Animal Collective, but it, it it's worth pointing out because I don't think people talk about that, like how we consume music. I think like, we, we all talk about, like, oh, like, there's going to be no more movie theaters. It's going to be, like, Netflix and, like, Hulu. Mm-hmm. And you look at music and, like, think about it. In, like, 15 years, we've gone from cassettes. Okay, let's do 20s so I cover my bets. Sure. We went from cassettes to CDs to illegally downloading on Napster to iTunes to 
torrents to oh god um youtube i i not youtube um uh, yeah i guess it would be youtube next up then we now we're on like spotify yep i guess screen, spotify yep. youtube yeah and it's just like oh my god it's 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 you know again it's so weird that, like how our taste just keep evolving not taste but how we consume music keeps evolving yeah and there's really no just like well what's gonna happen next <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah 100 percent who knows years ago i was still using cassettes yeah. Oh yeah, my parents still have some cassettes. I know they have the um the Twin Peaks soundtrack from the 90s on a cassette. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said that's what I think it is. Like, like as I was uh watching this the first time, the second time I kind of just checked out, I just kind of was just listening to the music. Sure. And and I'm like I'm like this has to be and considering that like it was published I think in like 2016 mm-hmm. and that's right when that really started to really kind of hit when people would use like people really were genuinely using youtube to listen to music now it's just it's a fait accompli so i think that's what i don't think it's a music video i think it's just a uh like kind of like what windows media player would do it's like like a uh, a visualization Mm -hmm. yeah exactly it's to keep your mind like on like instead of like surfing the web for other things it's there to keep your mind locked to yeah (laughs) i guess the again it's also a way to make money advertisers yeah that's a good point yeah that's probably what's driving all of it yep for sure like I said, a million views versus like a hundred and sixty thousand for Monkey Riches. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> very, very sad. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh Gr- boy. Good song, but terrible music video. <laughs> let's move on to one that is a great song as well as a great music video. Uh, this one is much more like Monkey Riches, where there's some semblance of a story that I think you can pick out. This is Peace Bone, the first track from Strawberry Jam. I bet the monster was happy when we made him amaze. Cause he don't understand intentions and he just looks at your face. This was actually one of the first Animal Collector songs I ever heard, and I fell in love with it. Uh, so I guess we should start with a breakdown of the video. Oh, oh, please. Please do. All right. So it starts with, um, well, I guess I should say in the whole music video, the, the edits, the cuts are very, very frantic. Um, but what we get at the start is we can see basically a person or a humanoid creature with a giant head. Like, I guess maybe like a, a paper mache head or, you know, like a Mardi Gras festival head or something like that. But it looks like, a mat- a- like a mascot head almost. Mascot head, yeah, that's a good way to put it, yeah. A mascot head. And it looks human, you know, it's got like a beard and a mustache or something. This this uh, thing with the mask head, uh, mascot head, it, it finds its way into a barn, I believe. It lays down in some hay, it takes off the mask head as this car pulls up, with has a woman in it, and the woman picks up this creature, uh, this monster, I guess we should call it, who, it's a great costume. It's like this giant mouth, all these spiky teeth everywhere, two huge bug eyes. They get in a sports car, and they share a romantic day together. They go on a picnic. They run through the woods. I think there's a little hide-and-seek. Uh, they go to a carnival. They play mailbox baseball with each other. <laughs> they TP houses. And then they share a romantic moment where we get to see the woman has, like, an alien, like, what is that? I guess there's a name for it from the xenomorph queen, right? Like the alien mouthpiece, that the little thing that jumps out of it. She's got oh, one yeah. of those in her. 
And and it ends, the whole music video ends, you know, they have this day together um, where they're running from the police because, you know, I guess we should say it's a, it's still illegal, to my knowledge, to play mailbox baseball <laughs> and, and TV houses. As they're running from the police, they, they approach this, I don't know, this like glowing cube. I, I've always thought of it as a cube, but I'm not sure. And it, it seems like the woman wants to give the mask back to the monster. It kind of rejects it. And then, you know, it's just like a love story. It's, it's quite beautiful. <laughs> oh, it's definitely very uh, visually imaginative. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really like this music video because I think it matches up really well with the, the sound in the song. Like, there's one point in this song, Peace Bone, where there is just screaming. It is just the lead singer screaming. And that corresponds to the thing coming out of the woman's mouth. And and I really like that how, you know, they've kind of mixed the cuts with the with a lot of the percussion and specifically the cymbals. That's what causes a lot of the edits to happen, it seems. It's really, really cool. I've always liked this video. And because, like I said, this is one of the first Animal Collective songs I've, I've heard and I fell in love with. So what did you think about this one, Zach? Uh, this is definitely my second favorite after Monkey Riches uh, for pretty much all the aforementioned reasons. Mm-hmm. There is a ton of imagination here. My only gripe is that I wish we had a better video of it of like a 240p quality. Yeah. That is the biggest bummer because this is one of their oldest music videos and it doesn't really exist anywhere in great quality. Yeah, and I think it's probably a limitation of the uh, digital photo- digital filming they probably use because it was mm-hmm. cheap. Uh, but no, it's just um, a very, very conventional music video story. I think if you took out the the alien and some of the more jarring pieces of it, you could almost say it's like a Gwen Stefani video. <laughs> it, it does. Like it reminds me of like mid two thousands, like Gwen Stefani. It's like oh, it's like it has like all that stuff. Like uh, I think she did. Oh god, um, it was one of her singles, Gwen Stefani, but it wasn't one of the more popular ones. I think it was like cool about the fact that like uh, like it's like I I think you're cool. Do, do, do. I, mean, oh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We'll insert a clip of it here. But like it reminds me of that same sort of aesthetic like Rob said where it's like everything's just like um bright and shiny and it's like romance in the air and it's yeah except instead of it being like a pretty blonde woman in a handsome like chiseled jawed man we have like a oh god octopus headed uh <laughs> tusk teeth fanged oh god like rubber suit monster with like spikes coming out of its chest and we have a i guess at the time view like what like a, a semi oh god there's a better name for this but i don't know what it is like like rob as being a kid of the mid-2000s what was the blend between like goth and punk like what like what was the there was a name for that, but I can't think of what it was. Like, like between goth and punk. Um, something like emo. Okay, that's yes, that's closer to it. But I could have sworn there was a better name. Okay, okay, a word. okay. I might be making this up, but I think there was a better <laughs> word. But emo, emo works. Sure. Um. Yeah, I, I guess it's like again, like a very. Okay, I guess emo. Emo is guess what it is. Like, like uh, 
pop uh, pop punk, I guess it would be kind of like this woman. And again, the, the piece de resistance of this whole video is a point where, like Rob says, we have a um, chest burster type creature coming out of her mouth. And it kind of <laughs> just screams and yells as the, the main character creature kind of just like does like a flailing little dance. Yeah. In the black room. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really neat. Like one of my favorite parts of this entire video is that they're at a carnival, and you can tell this is like a carnival that has that was just there. They probably either they filmed it without anyone's permission, or at the very <laughs> least they just filmed it and didn't tell anyone nearby. Because there's one shot of them like holding hands, walking, and there's a guy like in the background just staring at the costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I just love the idea of like some guy going out to a carnival with his family. He just sees this going on. Um, and no one's freaking out, but no, like this is, um, it's, it's a very simple premise, but it's, it's the idea. And I love this about most things in life where you take a very ho-hum premise and you elevate it with mm -hmm. very, I don't want to say limited. Cause obviously an insane amount of effort went into the creature and his costume. And even though he does have limited articulation, I think yeah. all he can kind of just do is just like, he can't move his head. He can just kind of like flail his flippers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much it though. But no, he's such a cool looking design. I think what kind of adds to this, you know, I don't like it entirely is the fact we have it in such low resolution. If sure. it's, so, you, so you don't have like a firm grasp of what it is you're supposed to be looking at. And like Rob already stated with the quick editing, the fast cuts, you really don't ever have a chance to firmly get your mind wrapped around what it is you're looking at at any given time. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point, definitely. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the guy at the carnival because that always makes me laugh. Another thing that I always find hilarious about this music video is there's one scene. I think it's after the picnic when they're like running around in the woods. This monster and the woman. There's a there's a like a quick shot of the woman running ahead of the monster and like holding its tentacle. And there's, like, you know, come along with me type of thing. And there's a good, like, eight feet between them because the tentacle is so long. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's, like, uh, it, it always makes you think of, like, they're playing on that romantic aspect where it's, like, you know, oh, we're holding hands and going in this direction, but there's so much distance between them. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's, I, um, like I said, the music, uh, music, you could take it or leave it. But at least this is the sort of thing I appreciate because this is how you get people on board. Is mm -hmm. If you have people like me who are, are they're not going to like the music no matter how, what you do with it. So sure. as long as you, as long as you throw in another element, yeah, you'll get me on board. Because again, like like Rob already stated, like when it came to uh, Golden Gal, it's like eh, lowest common denominator. Yeah, like, as I've said before on cinema, the worst kind of movie you can make is a boring movie. Yeah, and I think that I think that goes for anything in life. It's like I don't care if it's great or if it's horrible. Just make me remember it. Yep. And Peace Bone is a hundred and ten percent memorable. Right on, right on. Cool. Well, I guess then the last thing, since this is one of the ones we get to talk about that has a a, a clear story, um, I think this one is a little more straightforward than uh, Monkey Riches because you know I kind of had that other information on Monkey Riches. I've no, I've not that I, I can't recall that I've ever seen Animal Collective or heard them talk about this song to any great extent. But like I mentioned before, I think this music video matches up uh, with the song not only musically but thematically as well. I've always taken this song to be about a couple, um, and not necessarily good couple, not necessarily bad couple, but just kind of the idea of finding someone that you can be yourself with. And there's that kind of feedback loop mm -hmm. where, you know, 
you know, both people kind of learn from each other. And I think that this music video does it well. Well, one, with the human head at the beginning and the end, where you know, the creature only takes it off when the woman shows up and when he's spending time with the woman. So, you know, someone you can be your true self with. But at the same time, you know, kind of the woman gets the creature to do humanoid or human things. And then the creature kind of rubs off on the woman with the thing coming out of her throat and that little kind of, you know, the dark aesthetic that she has as well. So mm. I've always I've always loved that. You know, it, it matches up with what I thought about with the song even before I saw the music video. So that just kind of, you know, reaffirms my thoughts on it. And it lets my brain run wild with like, oh, I didn't think about, you know, that aspect of, of this idea. And it, it's great. It works so well. Rob, um, I want to make a suggestion for the Cinematis restaurant. I want the uh, the. Do we know the name? Did any, does the, the alien creature have a name? No, um, uh, not in the song. Uh, Peace bone in the song is like an actual bone. It's not a creature or something. It's it's well, if you can you know interpret the song in so many ways. I've always interpreted it as like a bone that they find, but they do say the word bonefish a lot in this song oh. that's that's part of like the beat where they're like bonefish and even at the very beginning before all the hectic noise comes in it's like bonefish and then the song starts bonefish so maybe this is the bonefish <laughs> okay well i want this costume in the cinematis restaurant on display okay okay it's behind glass so it's protected but i want this in the restaurant okay i'm i'm on board with that but when we get to snacks later uh, I have another pitch how we can use it. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so anything else about Peace Bone? Uh, no, I don't think so. If you, you should check out the song. It's a great song. Uh, the music video matches well. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Are we moving on to My Girls? My Girls. So this is our, our middle music video to talk about. It is, uh, I believe, the lead single from Meriwether Post Pavilion, which I've already said is what everybody says is the best Animal Collective album, but I think that just means most accessible. Um, Meriwether Post Pavilion came out in 2010, I believe, uh, and when it dropped, it was nothing like anything Animal Collective had done before. This is the closest thing they have to pop music. And I, I think right off the bat, with the song My Girls, would you agree with that, Zach, from what you've heard of Animal Collective? And maybe not pop, but more accessibility. Uh, again, song, no, none of these song-wise blipped on my radar, but the music video... Oh, I could very easily, like, if somebody said, like, uh, some, I saw this, I don't know, anywhere, and I saw this, I'd be like, oh, Coldplay has a new music video? <laughs> it's like, that, this This definitely has that Coldplay vibe to it. The music oh, video, sure. at least. Sure, we have, yeah. we have a bunch of people in silhouette playing, like, a Casio, banging on drums, one guy, like, just yelling, and it's like, oh, there's Chris Martin. It's like, he's doing <laughs> his stick. Okay, yeah, it definitely has that vibe, you know, and I think... I think that's what, you know, they were going for with this album, you know, making it more accessible and things like that. Um, I, I think the the thing that I do want to point out, and because kind of the, the reason I asked Zach this question, um, of course, Animal Collective and I have a long history 
I originally found out about him, you know, maybe a few months before I started my undergrad. So kind of that summer between high school and freshman year of college, I found out about Animal Collective and I fell in love with them. And of course, not surprisingly, uh, the thing that I fell in love with was the really, really noisy experimental music, like their first album, when it's just feedback, like actual speaker feedback and screaming and glasses breaking, you know? I love that stuff. And then you get the things like Peacebone, where it is very raucous song and there's a lot of noise and it takes time for the, the melody to kind of, you know, get ingrained in your head or even to realize that there's a melody. Um, when I first was in my undergrad listening to music and sharing music with people... I kind of became known in my little group of my dorm of the person that listens to really weird music. <laughs> and they were like, there were many people said to me many times, my roommate included, how can you listen to this? <laughs> and that's a question I've always gotten. I, we mentioned it back in the Thumb Series episodes, but, you know, my playlist of, of top 50 songs of the year, people who listen to that, they say, this is a great playlist except for the songs that give me anxiety attacks. And I'm like, no, those are the best songs, you know? So the thing in my undergrad, and to get back to why I'm talking about this, there was actually a turning point when I was going through all the Animal, Animal Collective albums and I got to Meriwether Post Pavilion, I would be listening to that album, My Girls in particular, and people would be like, oh, who is this? This is great, this is a great song. And it was the same people that have always, you know, hated on Animal Collective. And I would tell them it was Animal Collective. And this kind of shifted everybody over. Like, like everybody was like, oh, maybe this music is worth listening to. And my roommate in freshman year actually ended up doing like a project on this song, My Girls, where he like analyzed it for like a, like a, a speaking class or argument research class or something like that. So I have an actual history of people of turning people on to Animal Collective, or at least their diversity. And that, you know, just because a band makes one song that's just noise and feedback for three minutes, they can do something like My Girls that is both, you know, critically and commercially successful. So I, I've always loved that. And, you know, I just, I, I had to see if Zach felt the same way. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't holding my breath. <laughs> well, again, I, I, my, my taste in music is so freaking weird. Yes, in that it's it's so very much locked in a state of oh god, like uh, I don't want to say arrested development, but it's so locked into <laughs> one specific like subgenre. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I, I I don't get me wrong, I like other types of music too, but I've always kind of and, and Rob knows this from our experience in high school. I've always gone around telling people I have the worst taste in music possible. <laughs> and when most people think of that, I think of that type of like um, moniker. They think of like Rob just said, like screaming, just noise. Yeah, and and I don't like that either. It's I again, my taste again. Everyone's gonna if you don't already know, you're gonna know for certain next week. I <laughs> uh, don't want to give away too much. Uh, no peeky behind the curtain early. Uh, but no, it's just. I guess my question is to Robbie. He kind of mentioned this very early on when discussing this video. Was like, oh, accessible. And I guess my question is to him, because he's the music aficionado, is what's the line between accessible for a, what we call Animal Collective an in, in, in indie band, or are they, may, like, how do we describe them as a band? Uh, I would say they're more indie, you know, they definitely were on a major record label, um, I think it was RCA, but I might be wrong, but I know for like the last five, six years, they've actually been on their own record label, and that's given them a lot of more uh, creative ability with their stuff. 
Um, indie is probably a good way to put it because, you know, they, they have a sense of what they want to do and they go out and do it. They've never really been influenced by, um, you know, labels or, or um, executives to a great extent that, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of other bands have. Like, you know, what comes to mind is, is uh, MGMT. When MGMT's first album, Oracular Spectacular, was critically lauded, you know, it, it had that song from the movie 21 that was on every radio station for a while. Um, then their second album came out, and their record label made them actually issue an apology for their second album. And then their third album was kind of just, you know, overseen by executives. To my knowledge, that's never happened to Animal Collective. They've always maintained control over, you know, their music and what they've wanted to do with it. So Indie's probably a good way to put it. Okay, not to get too far off, off on a tangent, but that, like, the first MGMT album was where time to pretend was playing right yeah that's the that's the 20 the song from the movie 21 that i was thinking of yeah time to pretend okay then the second album came out around 2010 right i uh, yeah i think so and that's the one with flash delirium and congratulations the name is congratulations i believe okay because that was the album i have a very specific memory where rob and i i think i was coming back from inception in the palisades mall and rob's like i have the new mgmt album <laughs> And it's like, because that had the really weird, very weird music video. I something about a worm. Is there a worm in one of those music videos? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, I believe that for was... Flexerium, there's like a like they there's it's like a family gathering, and like they have this person on a table, and they like excise a worm from its guts or yep, something. I yeah, remember that I remember that. Rob's like, this is the greatest thing ever, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like. I want to hear Teenage Dream again. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yeah, so folks, Rob's been doing this for a while. Like That, that summer of 2010 really was when uh, the pedal hit the metal when it came to him in this sort of music. Um, yeah. No, but because my question was originally, was like, was Animal Collective big enough to sell out the way how kind of like, not sell out, but um, compromise in the way you described MGMT did? Oh, that's a good point. No, I don't think they ever got that big. Okay. Maybe it's something like they flew under the radar when they were at a big record label. Okay, because when you kept, you kept saying My Girls is their most accessible song. Mm-hmm. And my question is, and this is more on the larger state of music, is that what's the difference between accessible and lowest common denominator? Sure. Um, I think uh, w- whenever I say accessible, I think that's something that uh, changes with the times. Because uh, the thing, the reason that I think that, you know, those people in my undergrad, they they were able to access my girls and able to latch on to it um, was because it was lyrically dense. I think around that time, you know, these people, they really liked rap and hip hop and, you know, the, the second Kid Cudi album would come out and that was a huge thing in the same time frame. When they would hear, you know, the noise music, they would, it would be devoid of lyrics. And if there were lyrics, it would just be screaming in cacophony. But then they hear something like My Girls, where you're singing in rounds, which everybody loves, you know, it always sounds good. And and they're actually saying, you know, something with a melody that's very easy to pick up. That's always what I mean by accessible. Now, kind of juxtaposing that with lowest common denominator, that is tough. 
because I think those two things blend together sometimes. Um, and, and it might be the case, even with the song My Girls, there is some of that lowest common denominator in there because, you know, the drums are really simple, like, dum 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 And it's like, everybody can get behind that, you know, a really simple drum beat. And just like the uh, the uh, arpeggios that go the whole way through the song, like that's that is pretty lowest common denominator. That's just you know I I, I hit some buttons on my keyboard and then hit a key and it's going to do that for the next four minutes. <laughs> because so, like yes, yeah, so maybe maybe those two things aren't as distinguishable in a general sense. You'd really have to look at the case by case basis. Yeah, because, again, this is make this more uh, broader about the state of music. Is that like, I look at something, like, and you do, I, I'm trying to think, like, for the last few months, I've been wondering, like, what is the future of, like, pop music? Or, like, a mainstream top mm-hmm. 40. Because, like I said, uh, pop music is really kind of no longer pop music. It's kind of moving away to this weird sort of this, like, low tempo. Yeah. It, 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 it's, pop music isn't pop music. It's again, again, it's more the music. When I think of pop music, I do think of, again, Katy Perry. Um, I can't think of anything else recently that I would call genuine like pop music. Mm-hmm. And because everything now has influences, everything else is sprinkled with everything else. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, but like, I think of something like Ariana Grande. Like, to me, she is now the face of pop going forward. Okay. Or at least it could be, it, it could end tomorrow, but just as of now, <laughs> she's the face of pop. Sure. And you look at something like she has a song out, I think it was called Breathing, because she couldn't escape that on the radio for a while if you listen to Top 40. Mm. And it's, it, it's a breakup song, but at least it has a relatively up tempo beat to it. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, that works for me. And then she released the song, because I know the new controversy with her is the fact she got a tattoo wrong on her finger. Oh yeah, it's it's supposed to be seven finger or seven rings in promotion, (laughs) and I was listening to this song Seven Rings, and I'm like, this is just like not not to compare it to Animal Collective. I'm not doing that, but it's a very compared to more of her generic lowest common denominator songs or singles. This is more experimental, relatively speaking. It's like the same beat. It's like it takes like one snippet of the beat from the thank you next song and it just repeats it and it's just her like very like um like whisper rapping over it okay and it's like oh like yeah, miss, stop watching my neck is fuzzy make big deposits my gloss is popping you like my hair gee thanks just bought it i see it i like it i want it is compared to just keep breathing and breathing and breathing and breathing. Mm-hmm. Like, like having that is it like that is this like lowest common denominator breakup song. Yeah, that's been go- that's been going on forever. But to have a a major pop artist that like six year old girls listen to <laughs> have a song where it's like it's just like this one beat and again repetition. Again, the repetition does that's pop music. That's maybe that'll be the yeah. one defining characteristic of pop music is repetition but to have something like that and have her like like whisper rapping rapping over it that's at least something i i'm interested in about you know i don't like the song mm-hmm. but at least it's trying to do something different not by sure. much but there is that weird sort of thing where it's like pop music and i guess it's great that everything blends together but at the same time once you blend everything together nothing's different yeah and it's like that's the problem it's like you try to bring all these elements together and at the end of the day it's like oh it's i I hope you like the color beige (laughs) okay yeah that's a that's a good point i haven't heard that song yet but i've just been hearing about it um so i'll check it out right on yes and after you hear the song make sure you get a incorrect 
Japanese letter tattoo on your hand. Yeah, didn't and the tattoo said, actually say like barbecue grill or something like that? Yeah, it said barbecue grill and she deleted it, which is even funnier. And then like she posted, <laughs> she's like, I fixed it. Everyone's like, you fixed it, but made it worse in the process. Cause now it says like, it says like barbecue grill something something and somehow it made it even worse and it's like oh god <laughs> maybe maybe don't use uh uh permanent things on your body as marketing tools maybe that's yeah. the lesson to learn from this yeah that that's a good that's a good rule um i know for me i've always said i would never get a tattoo of words that's too specific so that rules out words in a different language <laughs> Folks, now you know on the next uh, Inspiriority Complex album, there will be no tattoo promotions. No tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are sinners. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the, the one last thing I want to say about My Girls, because uh, I agree with you completely. You know, this is a music video style that's been done before. Uh, like Coldplay is a great example. The silhouette of people playing instruments and just visualizations in the background, foreground, whatever. This all this has always made me think of um, the intro to Mulholland Drive with the people dancing in silhouette. You know, uh, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. That like first minute or minute and a half or whatever. That's always what I I go to whenever I see this music video. I always remember Mulholland Drive. <laughs> when I think of Mulholland Drive, I think of a, a disfigured-looking homeless man behind a dumpster uh, outside the, of Denny's. The man behind the diner. <laughs> Winky's man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right on. 16 reasons why I love you. <laughs> this gets slowly just morph into a Mulholland Drive uh, episode. Oh, geez. I haven't watched it recently enough. <laughs> this is the girl. This is, is this the girl? <laughs> this is the girl. All right. Anything else about my girls? Uh, no, I guess it's also this uh, one thing about this music video is that it also felt like a mid two thousands like iPod commercial with the silhouettes again, people just dancing. It has that same sort of like a, again, yeah. common denominator aesthetic. Like you might not notice it, but your brain did. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think about that one off the top of my head, but definitely for sure. Nope, I am ready to talk about uh, the next track. All right, so we're going. Now, I think, well, we've done this in a way that we're switching between ones with stories and ones that are abstract. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I guess this is the next, the next one we're discussing is off the same album as My Girls, Meriwether Post Pavilion. Pavilion. It's the last track. It's my favorite track on the album. Not only is it one of my favorite Animal Collective songs, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. You gotta love that repetition, Zach. This is Brother Sport. Open up your, open up your, open up your throat And let the all of that time, all of that time, all of that time go I know it sucks to daddy's dumb, but try to think of what you want You got to open up your, open up your, open up your throat I absolutely love this song. I have this CD in my car and I play it so loud every time this song comes on. Um, but like I said, we have some type of story to this one. This one is a little more abstract than the others, I would say. Um... It focuses on two children, a little girl and a little boy. Uh, they run out into a farm in a field. And as they're running and kind of, you know, uh, being chased by a dog or a dog is with them, not necessarily chasing them, um, we kind of cut back and forth between them and 2D animation that always has reminded me a little bit of maybe Yellow Submarine, that type of art style. Uh, but it's, a, it's always, it's, it's quick. 
out of nowhere, the song switches to, or the video switches, we see neon painted fruit, I've always thought of it as, starts to fall from the sky in the darkness, and it splashes on the ground. And then we get to see eggs and colors melting and blending together in some really close-up shots. And then when there's a, there's a specific point in the song, we'll put a clip in, where they, they switch to the last section of singing in rounds. returns to the children they looks it appears that they've gone out to collect eggs and now they are painting the eggs and they're not just painting the eggs they're painting a carpet they're painting walls they're just kind of you know having fun it's like an art room i've always thought of it as but then one of the kids holds an egg up to his ear and it seems like he can hear something so then he he puts it to the ear of the little girl the little girl seems to hear something, and they just freak the fuck out. Like, they start throwing eggs at the wall, throwing paint at the wall, dancing around. The facial expression on the little girl is just straight insanity. It's crazy. The song ends. Oh, I guess I should say, while they're freaking out, the animation from before kind of blends into reality. We get some mixed uh, composite shots of the real actors with the animation, uh, and then the song ends, and as it's trailing out, the dog from earlier in the video comes into the now empty art room, and it eats two eggs that are laying there, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, this one is one of the ones that really didn't do anything for me. I kind of, I, I, again, while I was watching it, I was looking up some like background info, and again, Rob knows the members of Animal Collective, and I don't. But apparently, one of the members wrote it for his brother that was like going through like depression. Yeah, yeah, I believe this was a uh, uh, panda bear. Um, the uh, I think I've described it on this podcast before. He's the melodic quarter of Animal Collective. He's the one that adds all the good melodies, and he had a huge influence on this album. Um, he released a solo album a little before this Animal Collective album came out. Um, the solo album is just called Untitled, and every single track is untitled. And he wrote it for his father, who was in the process of passing away from, I think, cancer or something like that. You know, bedridden in a hospital. And he wrote this album for it. And while he wrote that album, he also was writing songs to kind of support his family, who, you know, like his brother, who were having just as a difficult time with the passing of their father. And one of those songs, Brother Sport, made it onto this album uh, shortly after the father passed away. Okay, because that, that was really the only information I could find about this song. Because I feel like I was missing something while I was watching it. Okay, so uh, I've known that about the song, like he wrote it for his brother, and it's very particular to Panda Bear. 
uh, his real name is Noah Lennox, which we should always mention. Mr. Noah is one of his greatest songs. Um, but uh, once again, just kind of like Monkey Riches, I, d- I never really got a connection between that and of course, I know a lot less about you know the details of this song than Monkey Riches, but I've still kind of never got that connection. The music video to me has always um, you know kind of uh, resonated with the idea, and it's a common idea, maybe not common, but it's a it's an idea I'm familiar with from philosophy, where people talk about what's the what are sources of inspiration, and there's a school of thought that basically this is a really really naive boiling down of it, but basically they think. The only source of inspiration is creation of life. Like, that's where everything starts. Anything else that you could be inspired by, you could track back to the creation of life. There's actually a really cool episode of Adventure Time just about that concept called Astral Plane. Zach, you should go watch that one. <laughs> oh, my God. No more Adventure Time. But, Unacceptable! But that's kind of what I've gotten from this music video, where these kids go and they get these eggs and they're using them to paint. You know, egg, of course, being representative of of birth of new life and then they don't they start not to just use this as an artistic medium but they actually start to listen to the eggs and gain more insight into the world you know they hear this kind of this birth this egg and it starts to let that animation into their reality and you know it changes things that's kind of how i've always taken the story of this this music video yeah, because I really, um, like I said, this, this didn't do much for me. The only mm-hmm. thing I thought was interesting, I wonder maybe if it's a thing of the times, was, <clears throat> like Rob said, it has like that yellow submarine-esque animation throughout. Yeah. And I remember this because this was uploaded in 2010. And at the same time, there was a, I can't believe I'm using this as a reference point, there was a Kesha song. And I remember <laughs> in the music video, there is the same sort of like 60s era animation in it. Okay. And that, too, was released, like, I don't know, like, April of 2010. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious if there was this sort of, like, thing going through the music industry that that was just became, like, a or maybe not just music, but, like, became a thing kind of, like, in that sort of, like, entertainment world where using that sort of animation was, like, cool. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, I thought that was the timing of that. I just thought it was interesting. That's a weird observation, but... Mm, yeah okay i like it yeah unfortunately i don't have much to say for this because like i'm looking because i'm watching this i'm like i guess it's a personal song for his brother and that's why i can't really pick that much out of it but to each his own yeah yeah um i definitely will we'll have a clip of this song probably multiple clips of this song i love this song so much (laughs) but everybody should check it out um definitely give it a listen um it's it's always you know of the people that i said before the ones that you know i kind of got uh, I turned them on to Animal Collective. This is the album they listen to, and they're like, "My girls is the best four minutes on the album." And I was like, "Nope, brother sport <laughs> every time." Um, Animal Collective actually does have a few more music videos from this album. I think "Summertime Clothes" they have a music video for, which is a great song. Um, but you know, they all kind of fall into the category of "My Girls," where it's kind of you know just more abstract visuals than an actual story to follow. Anything else about Brother Sport? No, that this was one of those ones that kind of just, I was like, meh, towards. Sure, sure. All right. Then I guess we're moving on to our sixth on the list. And this is from uh, same album as Golden Gal, Painting With, one of their more recent albums. This is Floridada. Florida. 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 
this was definitely the lead single off of Painting With. I remember getting the, the early download of the song when I pre-ordered the, uh, the copy of the CD when it was coming out. Uh, and this song, when it was released, uh, I think the best way to put it, graded in people's heads. Multiple people have said to me that they hate this song for how catchy it is, that it's painfully catchy. And I agree with them to some extent. Um, you know, I, I have definitely been caught, you know, Flora, 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 Florida, Florida, da, Florida, da. I think I've said it to Zach before. I very commonly wake up with songs stuck in my head. This one is, is commonly one of them. <laughs> so, Zach, I guess my first question for you is, do you approve or disapprove <laughs> of the Florida references in this song? <laughs> Well, I, again, well, looking up things for this, and it's like, oh, like, I forget who it was. Rob probably knows the member of the band. It's like, people in Florida get a bum rap for being crazy. Yeah. Just being of a certain type. And, and he was like, I don't think that's right. And that was like the entire description of like the song. And I'm like, well, that's not a lot to work on. <laughs> uh, but no, like, again, as I rewatched all these, I, I definitely appreciated this one more the second time around. Okay. Like, I, I like the beat of it. This song was the only song where I actually kind of remembered the beat. And I am a, like any type of music, I prefer something that has an up tempo. Yeah. This yeah. definitely does, has a nice beat to it. The video is cool. I, I think the, the, the video definitely gets your attention. It's, it's just weird enough, but not mm -hmm. jarring enough to uh, turn people off. It's like a poor man's fantastic planet in that sense where it has a kind of just like blank human, like naked features. Oh, that's, but, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But it's also very fast moving. It has very quick editing. Mm -hmm. It looks, it's like a modern fantastic planet. That would you, if you put uh. videos in boxes, that'd be my little tagline on the box. It looks like a modern fantastic planet. Right on. I like that. Yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't. I guess because, you know, the humans we see in this are 3D and the 2D of the Fantastic Planet. But no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, this I, I guess we should say, you know, there's no real story to this uh, this music video. It is kind of visuals, but it's on that that kind of balance where, you know, there's nothing really you can follow as like a, a plot line. But it's cool to look at. You know, I there's some imagery of um gestating fetuses like in both male and female bodies that's pretty cool and you know it does a good switch between kind of the 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 very i don't know maybe watercolor 2d art to the very crisp computer rendered 3d art it's interesting yeah and i think that's definitely a part that makes it stand out is that you do have that blend of more oh okay um traditional experimental mm -hmm. animation <laughs> blended with and that concept like that's an oxymoron traditional experimental yeah but but again blended with modern uh, animation techniques yeah yeah and of course it's, you have weird things too like there's like tentacles coming out of their bellies and stuff so oh um, yeah it's not and it is really incredibly seizure inducing <laughs> yes oh definitely that's uh, <laughs> if, if you're uh prone to those sort of uh, fits do not watch this Oh yeah, yeah. It almost it almost like caused my brain to overload when I was watching it again. <laughs> so the other thing I do want to say is um, that's exactly I think the only information anybody has on what this song's about is the Florida. You know them getting a bad rap because they're from Florida, and you know just the thoughts of the lead singer on that. Um, but uh, also kind of as relating to the album as a whole, the album was called Painting With, and the album was very much inspired by different forms of art. 
and they tried to match up different art forms as influences with other things in each song. And so this is Floridada, Dadaism, or the Dada period of art, is very much what we get to see. Like, it's it's weird human heads, like, you know, with, with part of their head chopped off and, you know, in a, in a weird a weird state. And I think that's kind of, you know, a lot of the criticism that Dadaism gets is that it's just nonsense. It's not surrealism. It's just taking weird things for the sake of being weird. You know, it was like the first incarnation of modern art as we know it today, where people are like, is that an artwork or is it a trash can? You know, that type of thing. Um, so I always like that blend where the music video shows Dada art and it, it matches with Florida for Florida. And they kind of, you know, meld each other together where the lead singer is not saying, you know, these people are just weird and crazy. You know, they're their own little section and they, they have a purpose, that type of thing. I can get behind that. Right on. Yeah. And I it is, this, it is painfully little... catchy. <laughs> Yes, I, I think out of all the songs, this is the one that resonated the most with me. Okay, so I, I was—I have no problem. I like the order we've been going through these, but I—I uh, I was tempted to pitch this to be the first one that we talk about because oh. I love the fact that um, this is the first track on the album, "Painting With," and I also love that there are some tough-to-hear lyrics at the start of this song, but when the lyrics actually pick up. The first thing that A.V. Tear sings is, I don't even know where to begin or how to start these days. And I really love that as, a, as like a starting point of an album <laughs> or any list. Uh, here, I can't, here it is. can't disagree. <laughs> but here it is, number six on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, it's your fault. You're the one who put it in the order. I know, I know. I got to think of these things beforehand. <laughs> I know you got real. I was disappointed, considering that Rob goes through so much finesse and effort to do these things when he presents them to me. I was surprised I didn't get like a YouTube playlist with like, sorry, I had to listen to the same thing like twice. Like, oh, you got to watch this one twice. I have the same video four times in a row. <laughs> oh, that you really good. watch it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I should. I'll do that next time for the next episode of music videos. Oh, I gotta choose. Oh, oh God! Oh no! Yeah. What, what did I just What did I just set myself up for? <laughs> I'm gonna send Zach a, a music, uh, a YouTube playlist of Tool songs, and it's gonna be like oh, 38 days. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh God, Tool. <laughs> All right. Anything else about uh, Florida? Nope. All right. Then on to our last one. Uh, this is back on an earlier album, so uh, from Strawberry Jam. This last one we're talking about this week is Fireworks.
And I had to choose this song, Fireworks, because just like Brother Sport, not only is it one of the greatest Animal Collective songs, it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Little known fact, I keep two playlists that are always being updated. Uh, one of them is basically uh, my favorite songs ever based on the music, and the other is my favorite songs ever based on the lyrics. And I used to combine these two, but I ended up splitting them apart because, you know, they... I appreciate different things in sound than I do lyrics. There is only one song that exists on both of those playlists, uh -huh. and it is this, Fireworks by Animal Collective. I love everything about this song. This is uh, one of the examples I usually give for a near-perfect song, right up there with Just the Same but Brand New by St. Vincent and Scared Straight by The Long Winters. That's the song. The music video... I could take it or leave it. I think this falls into the category of we don't have a good quality version of it, so some of it is tough to see. And honestly, I think the first time I saw this music video was after I saw Oddsack, and I think there's a lot of similarities between some of the visuals they use in Oddsack where they kind of you know learned how to do it based in what they were trying to go for in this music video. So, like I said, take it or leave it. What did you think, Zach? Uh, I thought... Okay, song didn't blip on my radar. The music video, I was like, this is painfully, painfully boring. I was like, this is <laughs> this is just overlay effects of like fireworks and stuff. Yes, yes. It oddly reminded me of the All Americans reject. Um, the All American rejects song, like it ends tonight, where it's just oh, like, them, like, like I'm not gonna be your boyfriend, and the fireworks <laughs> is going off. Yep, and, it's yeah. like, and I'm like, it just reminded me of that. Like not not on a music level. Like the music's obviously night and day. But it's it's like it just gave me that same sort of vibe as like having like fireworks for no other reason other than just okay cool <laughs> sure yeah yeah that's really you know um, you brought it up the overlays that's what I think I, I see a lot of in uh, Odd Sack specifically the first song Mr. Fingers where there's those creatures approaching the house and there's the girl with the black goo on the wall and you get a lot of overlays of, you know, them spinning fire and her trying to deal with the wall. And maybe it's because it's the quality. Maybe it's because that ties directly to that song. Um, it's just done so much better in Odd Sack where here, like, you know, Zach said, it's just, uh, it's, it's simple. It's boring. It's, it's low, uh, low denominator, lowest common denominator. No, I don't think it's lowest common denominator. It's just very low effort. It's just, it's, it's easy. I don't, I think there's a difference okay. between lowest common denominator and easy. Okay. I guess that's what I was getting at. Cause I think, you know, oh, the song's called fireworks. Let's have us and fireworks. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, that's what like, it even goes something again, like Katy Perry. It's like, baby, you're a firework. Mm -hmm. You have like fireworks, like shooting out of like, her tatas, and it's yeah. like, oh, like I guess that's a thing. It's like if something's called firework, you have to have the item or the object there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, guess I, 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 I know. Obviously, this wasn't Rob's design order, but I kind of felt like this cut ended with a whimper. And I'm like, after all these great music, some of like some of them greater than those, but some of these great music videos kind of end on just like, oh, overlays. And yes, it's 2007. Uh, they weren't really much of a fully like they were just still in their early years as a band, yeah. and so I was like, okay, I get it. It's it's mid two thousands YouTube era. They didn't have the money or the time to put into it, but yeah, it's just kind of like, nah. It's like you could yeah, like go go to like a Fourth of July performance and just film that. Like I feel like like doing something like <laughs> yeah. that would have been again. Like, it's very easy 
but at the same time, there's a lot of, of oh lord, uh, there's a phrase I, I don't remember, but it's um, updressing. There's a lot of updressing there mm-hmm. that that's free that makes it that that helps sell the value more. But hey, that's just me. yeah. I'm with you. Like I said, you know, I could take it and leave it. Um, it's just like I could I could watch this music video. Well, I probably wouldn't watch it. I I would put this music video on to hear the song. That's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> And I think I again. I think that's how you get something like uh, Golden Gals, where it's just like, oh, it's like that's what it is for. It's just yeah. And maybe that's what their thought process was in 2007. They figured, okay, we like this song. If we just kind of put it up there with like a blank graphic, no one's gonna watch it. So let's just. Like I said, I'm not yeah. casting judgment. I'm just making an observation. No, yeah, absolutely, and that that could totally be what it was, you know, because this album, Strawberry Jam, you know, like Zach said, 2007. Um, this was before Merryweather Post Pavilion, so this is when they were still, you know, they weren't as well known as they are now because that was the album that really put them on the map. Uh, so yeah, you know, it, it could have been budgetary constraints, just the desire to get something out there, any of that stuff, for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, wow, was that a first? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, if you don't have anything else, I think I'm ready to get into some of our questions. Was there anything else you had Ooh, before we jump nope, into it? Nope, nope, nope. Okay, so what do you want to start with? Snacks or status? Emadi status. Okay, okay. So uh, I kind of have a, a feeling, you know, of course I have a feeling for cinemodity or late night movie for each of these music videos. But I think I just want to start with, you know, kind of overall. Um... I think with what I said before and kind of how I gravitate more to visual albums than I do music videos, I would be hard-pressed to use a music video or even a sequence of music videos, say the seven we have here, as a late-night movie. I think that that's something that, you know, I don't really want to watch, and it's very volatile. You know, I think you have to be with a certain type of person to like say, hey, let's just watch a bunch of music videos consecutively. That usually doesn't happen in my circles, so I don't think I would want to start that. As Cinemodity, Animal Collective music videos, I've seen all of them, I believe, and it doesn't really kind of weigh one side or the other. Because we, like we talked about it today, there are some that have stories, there are some that are just abstract visuals. And as a whole, I think they're pretty split down the middle. Like 50% of their total music videos are abstract, 50% have stories. And since it doesn't kind of lean one way, I'm also hard-pressed to say that this is a cinemodity as a whole, just their music videos. Because you kind of get a normal one, doing air quotes, for each one that is imaginative and visually striking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I guess it's just a way of uh, framing it, uh, or framing the criteria, or just uh, defining the terms mm-hmm. of how you look at it. How I looked at it, <clears throat> maybe it's something we should have talked about prior to uh, recording. Was I kind of saw that if one if one is a cinemati, I'm gonna I'm gonna let. I figured all it takes is one to get in. It's kind of okay. like if you go to a nightclub, if you have a pretty girl, everybody gets in. Like if you, the group of like nerdy guys brings the hot girl. It's like okay, everybody gets in. Um, I have to say, between uh, the Monkey Riches and Peace Bone, I think you got to put them in both as a cinemati. Mm-hmm. I, I get, I get, like obviously some of them are much more uh, accessible, lowest common yeah. denominator than others. But I think the strength of ones like Monkey Riches and Peace Bone have to—they're uh, th- so weird and they work so well. 
you have to, they, they deserve a spot for both. Sure, sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, um, Monkey Riches is definitely something, and Peace Bone as well. Monkey Riches, I think, sticks out more to me of where it would be like, you know, I would actually say to someone, hey, look at this. Like, look how weird this is. Don't you want more of it? That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think you can't argue uh, Cinemati late and Late Night Movie for those two. I think the others just ride the coattails. Ride those two's coattails in. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good assessment. Okay. You, do you think, uh, I, uh, question, do you think you'd ever play, um, say, either of those two on the side of your house on Halloween? Would that ever make it in rotation? I told you, um, Odsack probably would. I, I, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think Odsack would turn people off. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure if I put that, that would, like, that would turn people off. Um, yeah, the next morning, no, November 1st, Zach's get, Zach gets a visit from the Homeowners Association. <laughs> the story where I, I had a clip of Rocky Horror Picture Show on the side of my house and people legit just walked by. They didn't want candy. They, they, they were turned off. Yeah? Okay. But that happens. You can turn people off on Halloween. It's weird how that works. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think with um, Oddsack, I, I think I said both a Cinemati and a late night movie. Yeah. And with this, I would say, yeah, the, the strength of the two definitely uh, carries the others forward. Right on. Right on. Okay. I get behind that. So tune in next week when we do seven more Animal Collective videos. Oh, no. Oh, no. What did I get myself into? One thing I have to say, uh, definitely needs more uh, tangerines and some more mm-hmm. reefs. Okay, okay. Not yeah. enough fish. We need more fish imagery. That's that's true. I agree with you there. We don't have enough marine life in our Animal Collective yet. <laughs> yeah, so what the work. It's a, good, it's a good start, but we need more. There's always room for improvement. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, Rob, so what are we eating during this? Mmm, so I got a few snacks. Um, I think the one I want to start with is inspired by the Brother Sport video. As I mentioned in my description of the Brother Sport, at some point we get very, very close-up shots of what appears to be paint melting and bubbling, being heated up somehow, and then eggs get cracked into it. So eggs and paint. That's my first pitch. We did, That's the dish. It's just... Eggs and paint. And maybe, maybe like when you go to restaurants, you know, it's like, oh, I could have this dish gluten-free or not. Like you have an option. So maybe you could have the option that the paint would be lead-based or not. What do you think? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, oh, it's like, I want the, I want the eggs and acrylic paint. And it's like, oh no, I want the eggs and the lead paint, you know? Okay. That... <laughs> well, to be fair, who's going to want the acrylic one and we can get the lead one? Like, come on, like... <laughs> Let's see, that's a good point. The lead has all the flavor. Exactly. <laughs> Who's going to buy that? Oh, man. <laughs> so that's my first pitch. And I just called it Eggs and Paint. I didn't think of another okay. name for it. Just oh, Eggs okay. and Paint. Um, but now, the other the other two that I wanted to pitch are both from the Peace Bone music video. The first one I'll pitch is quick because it doesn't really have much to do with uh, the video. But there is a line in the actual song Peace Bone where he says... The other side of takeout is mildew on rice. The other side of takeout is mildew on rice. So mildew on rice. That's my next pitch. It's just however we need to grow mildew on rice, that's what you serve. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think it fits perfectly. Just, um, just leave it in a damp corner for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a specific corner of the restaurant 
like you know at some like artisanal cheese places they'll have that the cheese cabinets for aging all the different cheeses we'll have a little cabinet for just growing mildew on rice and people can like see it as an attraction <laughs> but my my third my third pitch now gets oh my to god the monster as we talked about before the bonefish as we are possibly calling it i like the idea of having that costume on display for sure, in the Cinemodities restaurant. You know, maybe it can be next to the, um, who do we have? The Orson Welles deadite that's eating a lot? <laughs> Somewhere in there. But I wanted to push it a step further, and I wanted, I want a customer to come in and be able to order a picnic with the monster. And they oh. go out and they have a picnic, like in the music video, with this creature. And, you know, there's some, I think there's some wine, there's some cheese, there's... Uh, uh, whipped cream on strawberries. Yep. It's it's a romantic picnic, and you know you can come in by yourself or with a group, and you just all go on a picnic with the monster. And maybe, <laughs> and depending on how it goes, maybe you play hide and seek in the woods. Maybe you go to a carnival. Maybe you play mailbox baseball. You know that's that's not on us. That's up to you and the monster. So that's more less of a restaurant uh, item and more of like a cinematic experience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it would be like an event, uh, or the, uh, it's it's the first step in the Cinemodities dating service. Oh my! <laughs> oh boy! So what do you, what do you think of that? What do you think of that as an event? Oh, that's I like that Cinemodities experience, not event experience. Experience, okay. Yeah, the maybe Cinemodities experience. Maybe we only do it on like a weekend or a certain day, and so the other times the the creature stays in like it's a case or something like that on display i don't know I, I i'm not saying that i have any idea how to even control this creature if we can control this creature but uh, we'll give it a shot when it goes on the uh, picnic experience does it have to wear the the mascot head initially mm. oh that's a good question see i'm not sure uh <laughs> I, I like the idea of it's like, hey, you go on this picnic with this this person or this thing, and they see the creature with the uh, the mascot head on, and then when they get to the picnic, they take it off. I, I can see some some worth to that. <laughs> okay, all right, good. As long as, long as we, we agree. Okay, okay, yeah. I guess the yeah we might be getting too ahead of ourselves because we actually have to contact this monster. We have to find yes. it and get it. <laughs> Wherever it ended up back in like two thousand seven. Indeed. Yeah, that's a, that'd be a good question. Search that. It's next, uh, probably next to a copy of Elves on VHS, right? <laughs> you have to ask Animal Collective what happened to the costume. Indeed. That's who we, we can, tweet. If, that's who if, we tweet. If we can have it. If they know where it is, can we have it? <laughs> right on. I like it. Right. So what did um, you have, Snack Master? Well, I had the idea of not exactly the picnic experience, but the food from the picnic. Okay. It really was the only food item in this series of videos yeah but as a quick fix because rob uh, stole it from me <laughs> i'm going to say um much like the music video with different colors you get your meal and you get like a uh, you get a little screen that you put over like a little like lcd screen you put over your like plate and it flashes colors so you think you're eating all these different colors while you're eating your meal <laughs> okay okay i like that it's something like um uh, I'm thinking of like drunk goggles, but it doesn't impair your depth perception. It just changes your color perception. Yeah, so that's kind of uh, between the adding the the costume to the restaurant and the picnic experience. That would be my third thing. 
Okay, I like that. I like that because, hell, I would want to try eating some caviar with those glasses on. Make it look like rainbow color or something. That'd be great. <laughs> I kind of forget that like Animal Collective is responsible for maybe the hallmark of the Cinemonides restaurant of, of having the caviar glory hall that just shoots caviar out. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, back, in the, back in the early days of Cinemonides when we only discussed one Animal Collective project. <laughs> it's a tourist attraction. People come from miles to see the caviar <laughs> glory hole. <laughs> that's what's on the postcards when you leave. Yeah, that's what's on the postcard, and that's what's on the um, like the attractions on the side of the highway, like the signs <laughs> on the side of the highway. It's like Subway, Wendy's, caviar glory hole, and then Cinemodities in little font underneath it. <laughs> yeah, and um, free freak DVD with every purchase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, right on. Sounds good. Anything else that you had for Animal Collective? Nope, I think that's it. All right. Well, then next week we'll be back with some more music videos. Uh, I don't know if, if Zach wants to say what they're going to be because it might change at the drop of a hat. Who knows? No, this won't change, but I'm pretty sure if I say what it is, people will not tune in. Oh, okay, okay. So we'll keep it a secret. Well, then, our last question, as always, is how do we end this episode? And I think, I think you got to know we got seven Animal Collective songs that can easily be reversed and edited together, right? Oh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, I'm going to have fun making that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you sound, 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 I